Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, and we have a new sponsor. So the From the Back Tees podcast, we're brought to you by Ghost Golf. Ghost Golf, they're a great new clothing brand. They're an exciting new partner. They specialize in golf accessories. They've developed a patent-pending magnetic towel, which will soon become your best friend on the range with real grass, real greenside caddy. Ghost Golf, they're an innovative company when it comes to golf accessories. They just recently, recently released their Anyday Golf Bag that bridges the gap between a Sunday cart and stand bag. It's light, practical, and sexy. No one could attest to that. Oh, yeah. Check out Ghost Golf at ghostgolf.com. That's ghost, G-H-O-S-T, golf.com. And sign up today on the website to receive their newsletter. Be up to date on their latest releases and golf news. We especially love their tagline. Nolan, do you know what the tagline is? Play fearlessly, baby. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, I on the podcast today, I'm, I'm going to leave this one to read for the introduction. I know it's uh, someone you've probably been around a lot. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this guy, uh, dude, I remember, I think it was at, I want to say... Um, whatever that little tournament was in Tucson down there, Doug, that sits on the side of the mountain. Skyline uh, Country Club. Yeah, exactly. Skyline Country Club, the Skyline Open. I, I want to say it was there. I don't even remember where we first met. I remember watching at balls at Skyline. I was like, fuck, this guy's solid, man. And lo and behold, uh, after a couple of years and some, uh, you know, starts on some tours and whatnot, you've gotten your uh, PGA Tour China card and, uh, to our listeners, Doug Quinones is with us tonight. How are you doing, Doug? I'm good. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Where are you at? Uh, I am just outside the Cheesecake Factory in Scottsdale. Yeah? What was for dinner? I uh, just had the flatbread pizza, all meat. No, you, you a Hawaiian guy or no? No. No? That's no? disgusting. Uh, oh, like come meat. Pineapple on pizza. <laughs> I love pineapple on pizza, but pineapple and ham on pizza is the worst. Ham, I like. I, pep- I don't mind ham. Ham on pizza. I like pepper, pepperoni, pineapple, jalapeno. I'll dig with that. Yeah. Okay. I do that. I can roll with that. Cause you got, you got like the sweet and spicy in there. Cause you feel like you're back in Asia with the you know, yeah. spicy. Except for actually Very, know what you're eating here versus Asia. Very <laughs> controversial, controversial topics here on from the back days. Yeah, but uh, Doug, so you're you're in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona now. You're obviously you're grinding out some of the mini tours, the the Monday Q life, and uh, we've seen uh, our guy Ryan French with Monday Q info. He's mentioned you a few times, obviously. But uh, before we get started in this, I know uh, you guys are always working around the clock, so obviously you're looking for people to help you out, and we'd like you to give that info. Yeah, so I basically decided to do a big raffle, and I figured the best way to draw the most attention would be to do a GoFundMe because it's easily shareable. So I had a bunch of cool people donate some awesome prizes to me. I got a game used signed baseball bat from Ryan Mountcastle. I got a Devin Booker signed jersey, Steve Nash signed jersey, Ezekiel Elliott signed helmet, uh, Steve Young, Jerry Rice signed football, and a set of custom sub-70s to the winners. So I just figured if I can give away a bunch of cool shit to people who want to help me out in return, 
it's good to give something back because I just hate asking for it for free. So if anyone's interested, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll have the link in my bio on Instagram, and I have the post up on Twitter and Facebook, all that social media stuff that I suck at. <laughs> Dude, uh, Steve Nash is my guy. I love we'll Steve Nash. Get on, uh, Zach, yeah. uh, won't we? Yeah, exactly. What? It'll be on the from the back piece. It'll be on the link to the podcast you're listening. It'll be in the bio. But I had to ask. I saw that list of prizes. No offense to Ryan Mountcastle. Someone has to know him, right? Like, he's an up-and-coming good baseball player. But all these other guys, superstars, someone had to know Ryan Mountcastle. Hey, Ryan Ryan Mountcastle helped me out a little bit. I mean – I knew it. He he was a – he wasn't even technically a rookie last year and he made the all-star team. Uh, That's true. That's true. You you actually do make a good point. But someone had to know him. Like – yeah, that's true, but people will know his name in the future, that's for sure. Yeah, well, good guy. He is, like, the best player on this Baltimore team, to be fair. I yeah. could, I'm not a baseball follower, cause I, so I couldn't have told you where he, where he was from, but uh, hey. badass name, Mount Gasol School. Yeah, incredible wait, name. Wait for my guy Adley Rutschman to make it to the majors on that Baltimore yeah. team. Yeah, they yeah. got a stud minor league roster right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah, anyone listening, just make it simple. Just go to the bio of this podcast. The link will be right there. Easy to click. But Doug, for for everyone listening, we like to do this on the show. What would be like your quick two-minute elevator pitch of how you've gotten to where you are now, how everything started? Okay, so are we talking about like collegiate-wise or? Yeah, collegiate-wise. Collegiate. So high school. I was probably one of the worst students in the world, kind of knew I had to pay for college on my own, knew I was going to JUCO, so didn't give a shit in high school, got a 2.2 GPA, graduated, went to Monterey because my grandparents lived there, and I thought that would be a sick place to live. You're you're from like Northern California, right? Yeah, I'm from just north of Napa. Cool. So I decided to go to Monterey. I was like, man, I'll get you can't live in a much better place than this. Yeah. So had some success there. Won twice, made it to state, which is like cool, I guess. But that's like as far as you can go. Got recruited by Washington State. They sent me to New Mexico Junior College, where we had the number one team in the country. Hey, From there. No, don't mind me cutting you off. Who was the coach that recruited you at Washington State? Williams. William, uh, uh, what was his first name? There was, I'm trying to – I got an offer by them. I can't remember the guy's name, the coach. It was – Walt, Walt pretty, Williams. I, mean, I don't remember. He was a pretty cool dude, whoever it was. Yeah, so I played with his kid at New Mexico Junior College. That's how I ended up there. Gotcha. And my dad had just moved up to Oregon, and all my friends were on the state of Oregon. All my friends were on the team at Oregon State, so I decided I want to go here. They offered me 40%. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Went on my trip, but never got a chance to sign. Coach leaves, new coach comes in, says, I don't want you. I was like, okay, cool. That sucks. So I sent out mass emails to as many colleges I could think of, was looking for a big athletic budget, awesome basketball team, lower end of a Power 5 conference so I could play right away. And Kansas emailed me saying, hey, we'll give you 40% as well. I was like, all right, cool. Went to nationals at JUCO, shot low round of the day by four, I think. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll match Oregon State's offer. I was like, we'll, we'll beat it. 
I was like, all right, cool. And then they, I ended up getting 65% to go there. Never visited, just signed, committed right there on the spot. And then, uh, yeah, we ended up going to Kansas, graduated from Kansas. What about after, what about after college? What was your path after college? Oh, after, co- after college, like, I'm from a town that doesn't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. My parents didn't have a ton of money, so I was kind of on my own. Went to work at Mayakama up in NorCal. Uh, finally got enough money. I did a thing where I sold a ton of shares of myself from all the people at my home course growing up. Went out and played Dakota's tour for the first year. Basically sucked. And uh, lost all my money. And then went back to work. And I met one of the guys I stayed with was like, hey, we want to help you out a little bit. So I was getting, I was playing with golf with Andy Miller at Silverado where I played a lot. And I was like, hey, buddy, I'm going to the Dakotas tour for my second year. You want to hitch a ride, see your folks. I'm going to be traveling by myself. And he's like, yeah, I'm actually heading up there for Steve Young's charity tournament. La-da-da-da-da, that works. I was like, well, can you get me in that tournament? That sounds sick because Steve Young's like my idol. And he's like, yeah, I got you in. So we drove up on my way to Dakota's tour, stay at Johnny's house for the night, get to the course. They're like, all right, we're going to have a putting contest for all the pros for a Rolex. So... Lo and behold, I'm the only one that makes the putt. And I'm like, all right, what do I got to do now to win the wash? They're like, you just won it. I'm like, no way. This is the best day of my life. I want a Rolex? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I'm taking pictures with me and the Rolex with Steve Young. I'm posting on social media, like, best day ever. Third hole of the day, made an ace for a $60,000 car. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is not real. It's a good week. So. I went from having like $1,500 to my name. Johnny bought the watch off me that night. And then I took a lesser car and about 30000 in cash. This was in 2015. And I was like, you know what? Life's good now. I got money in the bank. I got someone sponsoring me for Dakota's tour. Went out, played pretty well, broke even on the tour. And then after that, Basically went out the next year, won player of the year. Year after that, won out, went out, won the first three events, Monday into my first Corn Ferry event. And, yeah, I've been just on the grind ever since. Yeah, you've, you've, been, uh, you've been grinding really hard. You uh, made it to the second stage of the Corn Ferry Tour finals, like, three times. Um, no, I've actually, I've actually never done Corn Ferry Q school. Oh okay, maybe I maybe I misread that. I'm. I've done. Did, I've only done European tour Q school. Okay, <laughs> you're you're right. You're right. So yeah, I made you, it the second stage, my first try at uh, European tour Q school. At second stage, I made three bogeys and didn't advance. Wow. That's how few of birdies I made. It was probably the most frustrating golf I've ever played in my life. I think I shot eight under through four rounds and it took 12 11 to get through and i was like dude i literally just made 11 birdies in four rounds it's hard to get especially in those q schools man those take friggin you know, 
you got to keep the bogeys minimal, but you got to make some birds as well. Yeah, I mean, three bogeys in four rounds. For anyone who doesn't know me, that's incredible. Like, I <laughs> I usually make a lot of birdies and a lot of bogeys, so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you've had a you've had a, a large handful of wins on mini tours. Um, in the high teens is what I've read. Um, yeah. You, and then you, even last year, you were on the verge of making um, – the European Q school um, final stage and um, you end up making the, what do they call it out there? The challenge tour or. Yeah. So it's hard to remember all this stuff with COVID. So I guess yeah. it would have been not this last November, but the November before that. So 2020, I made it the final stage there needed to birdie three of my or four of my last six holes went birdie 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 on three pretty hard par fours get to a par five go for it in two hits a sprinkler goes into a bush had taken unplayable and mid bogey and that kind of ended it right there to get my european tour card damn so yeah that's what i that's what i heard and then covid shut down no challenge tour and then the story goes you then went on to find some more odd jobs to get you through the COVID times and you end up yeah. door dashing, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I got the, uh, they sent us an email like for taxes saying like, here's an estimate of how many miles you drove. And it was like 7,800 miles. Huh. Yeah. So I was I was like the upper class driver. Like I had the premium status for drivers. For anyone that doesn't know, I've driven Seattle to Seattle to Orlando multiple times. That's three thousand miles, and that's a long way, dude. So imagine what when you're talking that many miles you drove, Doug. That's fucking. That's crazy. And that's only in Scottsdale. That's nuts. City <laughs> yeah. city city driving, not highway driving. Exactly. A lot of trips to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I actually, yeah. So during COVID, it was actually like the best job in the world because all the restaurants shut down. They were only doing delivery. So it was like, I got in early on that. And it was like, they stopped hiring drivers. Like, we were just slammed 24-7. So I was like, all right, this is actually a pretty damn good job right now. Because it's like, you can just make your own schedule, do whatever the hell you want. Especially with, you know, needing to practice whatever, you can, you know, go practice and do that after or do that yeah. whenever you want, whenever you can kind of weasel it in. Yeah, and then I did a drive to this guy that played golf at Kansas, who I know, and uh, I see the order, I'm like, no way. And I look at the Chipotle order for the name, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. So I text him, I was like, hey, buddy, did you order Chipotle? He's like, yeah. How the fuck do you know that? He's like, I'm your, I'm your driver. Like, what? Why are you driving DoorDash? I was like, well, I don't have any other job. I was like, then I drove to the house that they ended up were moving, and I was like, so I helped them move the rest of that day. And then I was like, why don't you just give me a job at Silverleaf? And I was hired at Silverleaf a week later. Who is that, Doug? Chris Marshall. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I don't know him very well. I know who it is. Good dude. Yeah, that's Conrad's regular out at the Leaf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Uh, how often are you still looping out there a bunch? Uh, I so after the caddy championship, uh, not much. I think I've gone twice. Gotcha. It's kind of it's kind of getting to that dead season. So, so yeah, well, Doug, tell us tell us what happened at the caddy championship. Yeah, I went out and I mean through fourteen holes, that was the best. That was some of the best golf I've ever played in my life. I mean, it just was pretty unconscious. And then, you know, we don't play a lot. The nerves kind of hit you a little harder, and the rest just tends to show up. So I was really surprised I was playing that good. And made a couple bogeys coming in, but made an insane par on the last to win by one. Clutch. Yeah, took down the caddy championship for five thousand plus a new tag hewer watch. You've come full circle, then. You've got a Rolex, you've got a tag hewer. <laughs> yeah, well, I sold the Rolex in about two hours to Johnny Miller. <laughs> hey, yeah. selling the I Rolex got, is the move. Tag hewer or tag hoyer? I I don't even know, dude. I'm not a watch guy, so <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Who uh, who finished second? Did Ben? No, Kent Eager. Oh, Kent did really. Yeah, yeah, a legend. How many? How many guys played? I was trying to think. Maybe twenty-five, twenty. Yeah, I think they ended up with twenty-eight. That's about right. There's a lot of good players out there, man. Yeah. So um, what's the what's the path forward for you now, Doug? What's next? Uh so I'm gonna leave the week of the seventeenth. So like basically two weeks for Sweden. For when the challenge tour starts back up, well, it's kind of started up now, but I'm trying to raise a little extra money before I go, so it's not the most stressful thing in the world being mm-hmm. overseas with a really small budget. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Well, we wish you all the luck. Thanks, guys. I wanted to ask you, you you played out in China, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, I played a year over in China. So, what was that was like? What's the competition like? So I was working at Desert Mountain that winter and all that stuff because obviously I needed a job, just moved to Arizona. And so all the members I uh, played with, they're like, man, you should play, you should play. So I raised some money to go to try PJ Tour China Q School. Show up, I'm like, man, this is kind of miserable over here. And uh, shot 31 on my last nine or to get – my card on the number so no guaranteed starts nothing like all right well this kind of sucks like I got I got my TPC membership which is really nice and then I was talking to some people that were helping me out I was like hey I bet the Monday qualifiers over there are easy as hell because who's gonna travel all the way to China to do a Monday qualifier (laughs) so I decided to go do the first three Mondays in a row well Missed out on the first one by one. Missed out on the second one by one. The third one, I made probably one of the most ridiculous birdies on the last hole ever to get into a playoff. And got through in the playoff and then finished top 20 in the event, which got me into the next week. And then it was a battle. I think I – the next event made the cut, finished outside top 20. So I had to fly from Beijing to Shuzhou do the Monday qualifier, got through, played that week, made the cut, finished like 40th again. And I told I told the guys, like, dude, I cannot make it to the Monday in time. Like, there's no way I can do this. 
finally talked him into giving me an exemption. So I was like, all right, cool. And that was the last event before the reshuffle. So made the cut again and then uh, got reshuffled in and played the rest of the year. So basically made the most of having absolutely no status to begin and turned that into full status. Kept my card over there and then the tour hasn't happened the last two years. So what's it like out in China, especially for like, like how much do they pay out in the purses? Is it bigger? I feel like it's bigger than people expect maybe. Yeah, it's actually basically double the size of Canada. Double the Mackenzie Tour? Yeah. Wow, yeah. So the, pur- the purses were good. The courses were really hard. Like, we had four or five events where single digits won. Uh, see, I, I like that kind of golf, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But the weather was what just killed all of us, man. I mean, I, I've experienced the south in the summer and the Midwest in the summer. I've been to Thailand. Nothing can compare to the heat in China. I mean, and the smog. Yeah, it's just smog. Smog kills. It does. I mean, over there, they're wearing masks before it was even cool to wear masks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Was there any joy though in being like being able to travel to all these places? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. Like, we went to a lot of really cool places, and like. Some of the places we went to are really beautiful. We went way off the beaten path a couple times where, like, the people working at the golf course had never seen a white person before. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like the menu at the hotel is like, uh, they had to create a hamburger. Seaweed, sea urchin, caviar. Bird's nest soup. I, I wish they had stuff <laughs> like that that I actually recognized. Yeah. You didn't right. brush up on any uh, on any Chinese la- language. <laughs> no, I learned how to say hello, thank you, and like that's it. Just relying on Google Translate the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is hard because you have to have like a VPN in order to use anything Google related over there. Oh yeah, you're right. They're like fully censored, so like if you didn't have a good VPN, you couldn't even use Google Translate. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I went to China like probably eight years ago or something. And yeah, I remember being in the hotel and my, I guess on your phone, like the main screen when you go to the internet's Google. So it wasn't loading. Like, so it just seemed like the internet wasn't working. I remember I went downstairs. I'm like, the internet isn't working. Is there like a different password? And the guy's like, try this website and it worked. He's like, we don't get Google here. That was the worst <laughs> yeah. I've ever felt about myself. Exactly. Yeah, like- the coolest experience over the, over there though was we were playing at Mission Hills, which is actually really cool. They got like twelve golf courses. And we got done with the final round and it was the final day of the Masters when Tiger won. Wow. And the coverage over there actually comes on before the coverage over here somehow. So we gotta watch the entire round. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a trip. I mean we're all up staying up until like I think I stayed up until 4.30 in the morning and had a 6 a.m. flight. So. Wow. At least you slept on the flight. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't sleep on that flight, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Nolan Reed, did you guys have anything else? Or uh, maybe no, no. on to the golf this week? That's some, uh, some memories. Saying you were watching the Masters early in the morning over there, I remember watching the uh, 
Washington Huskies play Alabama in the first leg of the college football playoffs when I was over in Thailand at three or four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to do the sports over there. That's for sure. Damn sure. Damn sure. Yeah, well, Doug, we we know you mentioned you don't really follow the PGA Tour much, so you're just gonna have to stick with us and uh, make your best predictions because we can't get anything right, anyways. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go with my boy Patrick Cover to just catch fire. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of Patrick, my buddies I played with over in China. And Patrick Monday the real deal. Monday queued into the the Wells Fargo this week, so we'll see what he yeah. can do. Wouldn't that be to him? I think you'd be happy with the top ten to get get a start next week. Yeah, why stop there though? That's true. I think I think it's four guys now. Four or five have won after Monday queuing. Corey Connors being the last, I think. Yeah, well, you know the story about how Corey Connors even got into that playoff, right? What happened to one of my buddies? No, I don't. Who did he beat in the playoff? So my one of the kids that graduated from Kansas, Chase Hanna. Decided to leave the flag stick in from two feet on a tap in, hit the pin and bounced out on like his 17th hole of the Monday qualifier. Ends up getting into the playoff with Corey Connors and loses. Wow. Does uh, Corey send him a gift every single year? <laughs> yeah. He should. He sends him a flag stick. Nice bed of roses. So that's one of the stories that you'll probably never hear, but. It's the crazy things that happen in Monday qualifiers. Yeah, that's, that's for damn sure they do. It also just shows how good everyone is and how close it is between the guys on the PJ Tour and the guys Monday queuing. That, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you just need to make your break. When we have Corey on uh, the podcast, we'll have to give him some slack. Do it. Ask like... about Chase Hanna hitting the flag. Yep. <laughs> I feel like this was a week that uh, – one of the guys that are kind of sneaky, that kind of you don't hear of a whole lot here and there. Maybe an older guy, maybe a guy that just kind of plugs it along. Maybe a guy that's like a really nice dude. He's out at Silverleaf where Doug works a little bit. Uh, I like Kevin Strillman this week. Yeah, this is a mm-hmm. long course though. Yeah, but dude, I I I just he hits it really good, man. I think he's just primed to break out. Yeah, it's not – like, if you look at the past winners, it's not like all of them are long. The The last, like, quote-unquote long hitter to win was Rory back in, like, 2015. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Charlie Hoffman gets it done. I think he busts out of this slump and just does it. Charlie Hoffman's been incredible this season. Yeah, like, I think he's going to do it. I don't know what it is, how he's just, like, turned his career around, like, tremendously. He's, like, legitimately been – a top 10 player since the restart. Yeah. Might be top five in, like, average finish. Yeah. So that's, that's my pick, boys. You heard it here. Carl Hoffman wins. I actually like that. It's better than – I mean, we've had – Nolan, who did you pick? Was it Nick Watney? <laughs> As your sleeper? Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Mahan. Mahan. Even worse. He almost made the cut. Hey, yeah, he did. Long, long shot this week. First-time winner coming, Tyler McCumber. Oh, yeah. I like that, actually. Well, I'm going to go with a uh, – since we're all going, no uh, huge favorite here. 60-1, to 1, guy who hits it long and straight, Tommy Fleetwood. Finally get that PGA Tour win. Hey, I don't he, mind that either. 
he, he right, went so 76-65 last week. Here's something that blew my mind so hard. Did you know that Louis Ustazen has never won in the States? Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about it last week. Yeah. And the only PGA Tour event he's technically won is the British Open. 2010 British, yep. That is insane. And, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, don't you think? Yeah, he's Colin Montgomery of the new age. Yeah. Right. But not exactly. as dominant in Europe. Exactly. Yeah, it's insane. Reed, have you been to the course that they're playing at? Where? Uh, for the Wells Fargo. The Charlotte or the – Yeah. No. Canceled last year because of COVID shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Charlotte. No, I've never been there. Yeah, steamy there, boys. Yeah, yeah. Get get in the sauna. Get might as well get in the sauna before you go. This is a course I always feel like the winning score is going to be single digits, and it somehow never is. And I'm like, it just seems statistically that it would be very difficult. But mm, some of yeah. these guys tear it up, anyways. Well, I'm gonna go with Tony Fee now because I just think he's gonna win eventually, and I think I'm gonna keep picking him until he does. He may never. Just more seconds. Pick him at the yeah. Puerto Rico Open. I just really want to get it right when he finally breaks that second win on tour, and he's in the field, so I'll pick him. That's how I felt about Zadecki. He's chasing uh, Lee Westwood for seconds. Yep. That, that's literally how I felt about Hideki. I just kept taking him. Eventually, it paid off. Yep. In the biggest and moment. Yeah, Doug, this guy over here, Zach, picked Hideki to win the Masters. How crazy. One for 50. You know, you know who I bet on to win the Masters at plus 10,000 was Justin Rose. Wow. <laughs> I was loving life. I, was, I just saw the odds. I was like, wait, plus 10,000 for Rose? I was like, I'll take that. After that really, one, you were out buying a Rolex. You didn't even, you I don't even really wear watch, watches. <laughs> I don't really watch golf, so I didn't realize he was in like a big funk or anything. I was just like, oh, Rose is good. I'll pick him. Yeah. That's probably a better way to bet than everyone else does because I feel like the long term of these yeah. guys is better than betting their three missed cuts in a row. Unless you still think Ricky Fowler is good because he's not. <laughs> if you get plus 10,000 on Ricky Fowler, I'll take it every week. Exactly. I mean, you'll just lose, 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 and then maybe win. All it takes is one win and you're exactly. set. One every 10,000 times. That's the mindset. That's the mindset to have, Doug. <laughs> but uh, another a big story in golf. I don't know if you saw this, Doug, but Bryson DeChambeau accidentally tweeted out what Sam Burns' people were supposed to tweet out for him winning. And it's yeah, very I saw clear. that. I don't, I don't know what you think of that. Like, are all these guys – because those tweets, sometimes it seems like it actually is them, but now knowing it's not. Very yeah, it's got to be like the same manager or something, and they screwed yeah. it up. Yeah, that's what it has to be. Yeah. Like, Sam Burns tweet think, out his own I don't own think stuff. he's like that funny of a guy to like pull that elaborate of a prank either. Oh, <laughs> Bryson. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, Burns tweeted out the exact same thing later. So even if it was, maybe we'll yeah. see like Max Homa pull that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Tiger Woods should have people tweeting out his stuff. No, sh- no offense to Sam Burns, he should tweet out his own stuff. He could tweet out yeah. a congrat, a thank you. Tweet. Yeah, I think you should tweet it out regardless of who the hell you are. I mean, you win a tournament. Oh, hey, I'm actually going to get on Twitter this time, guys. I got this. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. 
Reed, do do all the guys on tour have uh, someone running their Twitter? Uh, I don't think all of them, but I think the guys that have you know been around for a while. I I honestly don't know who, but yeah, you know, a lot Jim, of bigger don't want to deal with it. They need their social media stuff. But out Jim Furyk, Jim Furyk runs his own. Or does he? <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I'm sad. Right, hey, not big enough. hey guys. I appreciate you having me on, but I got to get back to my buddy's birthday before they leave. Oh, absolutely, Doug. Thanks so much for coming on. And a reminder, everyone, check the bio for the uh, fundraiser for the giveaway. And thanks, Doug. Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. Thanks, yeah, Doug. guys. Yeah. All right, later. Later, Dougie. Well, fellas, the, uh, the last story we got left here, we got uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. The purses have gone way up, it seems. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely some good news. I, I know people are really upset with the $40 million being given to what's essentially going to be like the top players anyways who have that money. So my opinion, yeah. really good move to finally raise the purses on the Corn Ferry and make it like sustainable. How, uh, how high are they going to go, have they said? They're every, every year for the next three years, it's going to go like I think this year maybe a million more than like two million more than like three million more. Yeah, it says it's going to rise by uh, – a hundred. It says it's going to increase by sixty-six point seven percent from twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty-three, and it's yeah. going to hit a million minimum in twenty twenty-three. Oh, a million! Oh, okay. Yeah, I was way wrong. So, <laughs> but it's going up a lot. I, it also just yeah. shows how low it was to start off with. But I mean, just the guy we had on a couple of weeks ago, like Ryan Gobble, hearing his story of how they were like one of the best duos on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they're barely making money. Right. So yeah. well, that, that that year that Mark and I finished uh, fifth on the points, like I did okay, but like for the season we had, I didn't kill it at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. If I feel like if you finish near the top, you should be at least making okay money. Right. And maybe yeah. it's more important for the guys who are near the bottom to be able to sustain playing on it because the top guys you're going to make it to the PJ Tour and then you're going to make money. Right. So you're fine losing money if it's for a year, if you're going to go make uh, millions on the tour. But uh, the guys who are middle of the pack on the Corn Ferry Tour, got to make it sustainable. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that if you want people to keep coming out and not just going to try to Monday qualify, and want people to keep playing your tour, like you got to make it worthwhile. You know what I mean? That people are going to find alternate routes if, you know, 40th on the on the tour is hardly getting by yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah no so. crazy crazy to me but good move that they did this i think and i think it's going to keep going up because i think uh especially with all the like monday q info ryan french him how much he's done for that and raising like awareness for that tour i think it's made people really enjoy following that that's why we've been having guys on maybe we're the like ogs of raising awareness for Original gangsters. These, these lower tours out there because we've had basically everyone. We've had guys who are on the McKenzie tour going to be on the PJ tour next season. So, uh, I mean, credit to us, to say, to say the yeah. least. Credit to us. If you like hearing, you know, dream stories come to From the Back Tees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're already here, Nolan, so. Well, exactly. they are. We are, but we're about to bring some more alive. We just don't know what's what's coming. Yeah. Got to stay tuned for the new uh, new surprises. Might be a, might be pink hair with the wind. Yes. 
Yeah, so we uh, close things out here. What's next for you? We know you took a little bit off. You didn't want to head out to uh, Singapore. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't go to Asia. We could have gotten in, but um, it was basically house arrest over there, and it was. Um, it seemed while the while the fields were smaller, and it was guaranteed money and points, whatever. It seemed like a long way to go to be house arrested and, you know, we could stay here and get some work done and, you know, be ready to gear up for the big part of the season to hit. So, yeah, we – this week off, um, next week's off actually for the whole tour. And then um, uh, after that we go out to Virginia. And it looks like we're going to get in the uh, the match play in Las Vegas, which is, uh, uh, I believe, a 64-person field. Um, so – you know, that'll be a kind of different format. And then after that's the uh, U.S. Open, which um, I don't think we'll be in this year. But uh, the Evian, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, um, the British is still in the picture. Um, so we keep playing solid to get, get some higher finishes in there and some things will open up. But we've definitely played solid so far. I mean, five, six cuts and yeah. that we've made and uh, – I don't think we finished higher than like 32nd, um, which is or 33rd, something like that. You guys came 20 something at like your last tournament. Yeah, no, 19th, 19th or 18th. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I'm you're th- saying you haven't finished worse than 30. Yeah. Yeah. Like 32nd. I think it's all been like 19th to 32nd, right in that kind of low 20, 22, 23, 24 range. And so it's good. You know, we're seeing some good stuff and we're seeing some. Some, uh, you know, some moments where, you know, we, like, for instance, the last tournament on, uh, oh, I want to say it was Saturday. We were kind of struggling. We birdied three or four of our last five or three of our last four or something to kind of get back in it and then, you know, clawed on on Sunday to finish decently. But, you know, it's just tightening things up just a little bit. And I know she's working on that in her time off right now. And, uh, you know, taking some, uh, you know, maybe some different approaches on some different situations. So, you know, we've, we've kind of seen how they've played out and whatever, but uh, it'll be good. I think there's a lot of success to come. She's got some game and works hard. Yeah, I think I think things have been going pretty well for you. I feel like you're on the on the rise. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, to close things out here, I don't know, uh, Reed, do you have any trivia for the good folks from the back tees? Of course, of course. The, uh, the tour... The LPGA Tour is in Pattaya, Thailand this week. I've been over to Thailand, but I wasn't actually fortunate enough to go to Pattaya. I'd love to go back, back and go to like six or seven cities. I think that, that country has some of the most hidden, beautiful cities in the world, man. It's like a, where a lot of movies are filmed out in like the – see those clear blue waters with like the island rocks in the middle, the rock islands? Yes. A lot of, that, a lot of that's in Thailand, um, down in the south part. But uh, Pattaya, Thailand trivia – I know people hate snakes, so I had to get I had to do them with snakes. There's a lot of snakes in Thailand. What's the longest snake ever found in Thailand? A, 15 feet. B, 24 feet. C, 33 feet. Or D, 41 feet. 33. I'm going, I'm going D, 41. 33 feet is correct. <laughs> we couldn't let Nolan get it right again. Oh jeez, yeah, I'm is correct. Think about that, dude. Thirty-three feet. So that's thirty-three foot snake. I would just 
I think I just have to do like the Hari Karo, like the Japanese suicide shit. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so what I what I read, I didn't I didn't see what what kind of snake it actually was, but I also read that in Thailand you can also find the world's most venomous snake, which is the king cobra. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Zach, we'll, we'll get you over there into some of the jungle real quick, and you can do play a little hide-and-go-seek with him. I, I have a good sidebar here. Have either of you guys... New show I've been watching, MTV's The Challenge. Have either of you guys watched that show? No. I have. I have, I have Nolan. Yes. First of all, incredible show. <laughs> sure. So it's sort of like Survivor Reef. But I think it was... Uh, challenge free agents where let's watch some big brother while we're, while we're at it that's yeah it's a, it's a mixture of I big brother reality and... show so if anyone listening here like somehow cast that please hit me up hey i i've got self self to claim i've got a uh i watched the uh the bachelor oh what no so, one watches the bachelor all the time we should watch together <laughs> Reed. yeah oh shit um okay yeah. let me go on my tangent here on the challenge, it was the final challenge. They have to do all these crazy tasks. One of the tasks at the end, they got there. They had to either sleep. There was one bed in the middle of a pit. And if you sleep on the bed, you, have, you get covered. There's like 100 snakes in that pit. And they'll like go all over you all night. Or you could stand on the stairs outside, but you have to stand all night. Would you sleep on the bed? Oh, Absolutely. My. Absolutely not. You have to stand it for 12 hours. I don't give a fuck. You're not going to sleep. That's what I said. Some of the crazy fucks on the show went sleeping <laughs> with the snakes. You are such a high level of psychopath if you choose to sleep on the bed. Hold on. What kind of snake was it, though? Like, huge snakes. Like, I don't care if it's huge. Like, if, if, it, if, it, if it can't fucking constrict it. Probably it yeah, it probably oh. wasn't a constrictor, and Wait, it probably wasn't venomous. On the show, they put snakes that were going to kill them? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you fucking fear factor shit, man. Hey, man, it's a challenge. Well, this, this experiment didn't work well. <laughs> we lost him. He got constricted. Well, oh, I, want them, I want to see them do some challenge with, like, those poisonous dart frogs, man. Those things are fucking oh, cool. Dude, no. What, like, let's not die on TV. Well, <laughs> you, can, like, you can have parameters where you know they're not going to do anything, you know? What's mm-hmm. worse, those spiders or, or snakes? I don't. I fucking hate spiders. So spiders. Yeah. You don't hate spiders. You're like a big guy. You like. No. Fuck that. If if you look at them, you see the ninety-seven thousand eyes coming out of them. I'm with you. I fucking hate spiders. But you're like (laughs) six. You have like more reason to not hate spiders. I just. What? What? I mean, we're talking about Jack and the Beanstalk here. Yeah. Although I'm still like relative to the spider, I don't think they could tell the difference. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the girlfriend's killing the spider if I come across one. That's for sure. Oh, guys, I'm not. Oh, man. All right, Nolan, hit us with the tiger set. Easy tiger set this week. Wells Fargo Tigers won there once in his career. Um, even though he's played really well there, like many times, many times. Um, do you guys remember which year? Which year he won? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. No, it was later than that. I'm going to say 2008. <laughs> you guys sandwiched it. 2007. Uh, see, I had it, I had it with later. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. Hey, yeah. 
Dude, that's surprising he hasn't won there more because that's kind of a golf course that you think like he could take advantage of. Yeah, he played it a lot and had I mean, he all sorts of top tens. But, um, right. yeah, I mean, it hasn't been around. It, I think it started in, like, 2002 or three. Um, so, but it was a it was a regular tour stop for him. And, uh, yeah, only won it once. He won by two shots over Stricker, I think. So nice. I got one more, one more last plug here before we uh, close it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not in fucking doggy coin already, get your ass. <laughs> Is it doggy coin or Dogecoin? Who knows? Doggy. doggy. We're going with doggy. The, the the symbol on the coin is a dog. I think it's Doge though. Whatever it is, I'm saying doggy because it's doggy and everyone likes doggy if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's too late though, Reed. It's, it's gone up so much. I went it's to, essentially I, I Tesla it. stock. Yeah, exactly. Tesla stock is like higher than every other car company combined. Yeah. Dude, I for those listening, if you fucking watch this this stock or this this crypto, I have probably Seven or I mean I've bought and sold a few times. I've probably seven and a half or eight times my investment already in a month and a half. What an asshole! Hey, you can go crypto. You can go to the sports stock exchange market called Symbol. Put your money in there. Use our I, I, promo code FTS. <laughs> I was just gonna say, just drop it in Symbol. Let let let, let other people, let other other humans and other sports do the work for you. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, listen to this. Okay, this will actually be final thing before we close. Simple might not be happy me sharing some secrets. This is what I've been doing. I've been buying a basketball team, buy like two stocks of the Bucks when they're playing the Pistons that night. You just make 20 cents. The stock probably goes up. Then you just sell it and you buy two stocks of the next team playing the Pistons. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot lose. You just think you just think the Pistons are gonna lose every game. Every game. They could keep getting those win payouts. Yeah. Zach, you genius. It's so nice too, because it's like just ten cents or twenty cents, but it just feels so nice to just yeah. collect win payout. Hey, I uh being a Seattle boy, I bought some Seattle Manners. Love right. it. Soon Seattle Kraken. Oh, that's coming. Where? Yeah, where? Then you get the NHL teams on there. They're yeah, working on it. Coming. They're working on it. They're working. That, that'll, that'll be like a, that'll be like an all-in day on the Seattle Kraken mm-hmm. coming up. I have a feeling yeah. by next year it'll be there. I'm confident. But uh, thank you guys on behalf of myself and you guys. Thanks you for listening to the From the Back Tees podcast. It was a great interview with Doug. Hope you guys learned something. And at the end of the day, if you want to sleep in a pit with snakes. You are a sick fuck. That's all we need to know. Good night. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.